Today's episode of Green Seas is made possible by our sponsor, Bureau Veritas, your partner in shaping a better maritime world. This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin, and today we're taking a look at cruise and how the sector is tackling its greenhouse gas footprint. In case you're wondering why there was no episode last week, it's because I was here, on vacation at sea, on a trip that took my family to the Bahamas and the Caribbean. My favorite part of being on a cruise ship is right here on my balcony, listening to the wind and watching the sea as it undulates. My stateroom was just behind the bow, and as we sailed just north of the Windward Passage between Cuba and Haiti, I watched as what looked like flying fish made a beeline from the ship's path as it cut through the Atlantic. My cruise ended in Fort Lauderdale, just in time for me to put my reporter hat back on and attend the year's biggest industry gathering, the Sea Trade Cruise Global Conference. First and foremost, you could feel how participants in this event were happy to put the last three years behind them. After all, the COVID-19 pandemic brought cruise to a complete standstill. But I also sensed a conviction that this business was back on the growth path with rising demand from an expanding customer base. But there was another topic that was front and center at Sea Trade: the contention that the cruise industry is taking seriously its role in cutting greenhouse gas emissions. The Cruise Line International Association, the trade group known as CLIA, is striving for net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Pier Francesco Vago is CLIA's chairman, and he's executive chairman at MSC Cruises, the world's fourth largest operator of cruise ships. He highlighted the emissions improvements that the association's cruise lines are bringing this year through deliveries of 14 new ships. With their greater efficiency, advanced design and propulsion, and alternative fuels, Vago said technical innovations can deliver 70% of the carbon cuts that the industry is seeking to make. But he really wanted to talk about the other 30% that can be achieved with new fuels. And he said governments need to help the industry gain access to supply of those fuels. We need new fuels, sustainable fuels. Our ships have the inbuilt adaptability, so they are ready for future fuels like synthetic and bio. Cruise is definitely leading the way in responsible travel. And thanks to this, we have an opportunity to become an essential industry. That was echoed by CLIA's chief executive, Kelly Craighead. We're an industry that is unbelievably dynamic, adaptable, responsible, and it really demonstrates leadership in so many ways. Chief among these is our commitment to emission reduction in deploying new ships with new fuels and new propulsion systems, cruise lines are achieving real progress today while also working towards even greater breakthroughs for tomorrow. Josh Weinstein is chief executive of cruise giant Carnival Corporation. He said the industry is collaborating to move in the right direction when it comes to carbon emissions. But the one thing that Jason said that is still the biggest unknown is what are we preparing for? Uh, and until we have a little bit more clarity on that, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to satisfy people with an answer. We get asked this all the time. You know, are you going to get to net zero? Yep. Do you know how you're going to get there? Nope. Um, we don't because it doesn't exist yet. But not everyone was happy that green fuels and greenhouse gas emissions were so important to the sea trade discussion. 
Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings Chief Executive Frank Del Rio, who's gearing up for retirement, said he doesn't know whether Cruise will hit targets in 2050 or even 2093. I know that the purpose of the cruise industry is to provide great vacations for customers, and I don't think that we talk enough about it because we've been carried away by this narrative about sustainability and renewables and green and blue and IMO and everything else. And I think it's time to be more balanced. Let's not forget about fuels, but let's not forget what the real purpose of our business is. So how much then do you think, Frank, and I'm gonna ask all of you this, the customer, consumer, cruiser, use whichever C word you, you want there, really cares about this? That's Lucy Hawkins, the BBC anchor who moderated the discussion. Because you are attracting millennials, you're attracting younger people on board your ships, and it's my belief that they really care about the environment and they want to see that you're making I think everybody cares to some degree. Mm-hmm. Well, they pay for it. You know, one of the industry challenges is that our prices compared to land-based vacations are low, too low. Outside of the convention center, some believe that Cruise isn't going down the right path with decarbonization efforts. Brian Comer, Marine Program Lead at the Nonprofit International Council on Clean Transportation, said the sector is investing in technologies that represent a step backward for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. His concern is the industry's focus on liquefied natural gas, or LNG, as a growing alternative fuel. While LNG does reduce carbon dioxide emissions, its primary ingredient is methane, which is a more potent greenhouse gas and has a way of leaking into the atmosphere when used in ships. There are a number of different engines that you can use to um, burn LNG. And there's a low methane, a medium methane, and a high methane engine. And the, the cruise line industries all make use of this high methane emission engine. And so it's pretty much the worst uh, way to use um, liquefied natural gas because you end up losing at least three and a half percent of it to the atmosphere. And even though manufacturers have been making progress in reducing methane slip from ship engines, Comer said that even the latest cruise new buildings are being constructed with engines that leak more of the gas. He said it will be better for cruise ships to now run on marine gas oil a petroleum-based fuel that's still cleaner than LNG, and the industry should gravitate toward methanol, an emerging alternative fuel. And it should look at more meaningful investments in batteries and fuel cells. But Comer was still critical of the wording of CLIA's target, net zero carbon by 2050. The Cruise Line Industry Association, which um, represents most of the large cruise companies and is their lobby group and also has consultative status at the UN International Maritime Organization and mm-hmm. can put in proposals, can negotiate, um, and and can speak and also ask for uh, exemptions, waivers, and correction factors and adjustment factors, um, which they often get. That same group has set a goal of net zero carbon by 2050. And they say carbon, and that implies carbon dioxide. So Carbon dioxide um, is not the only climate pollutant that we should worry about. We should worry about methane, which we've talked about. We should worry about nitrous oxide, which um, could be a problem for fuels like ammonia. And then uh, we should also worry about black carbon emissions, which have a global warming potential 
3,200 times stronger than carbon dioxide on a 20-year perspective. So um, focusing just on carbon lets them off the hook for any other emissions. Cruise executives defend LNG as a fuel, touting its lower carbon footprint and highlighting the opportunity to bring in greener bio-LNG or synthetic LNG produced from renewable energy, though environmental groups say even these versions of the fuel have methane emissions concerns. Back in the Sea Trade Convention, I caught up with Matthew de Tugney. He's the president of Marine and Offshore at Bureau Veritas, a Paris-based classification society that advises shipping companies on technology and safety. He said, Cruise presents a special challenge when it comes to decarbonization. The ships need more power on board. After all, unlike cargo ships, cruise ships have a floating hotel on board. Having said that, uh, I like to say that cruise industry has been very pioneer, you know, in decarbonization with a lot of, you know, initiatives and projects to reduce uh, either, uh, you know, the consumption on board or using, you know, new prototypes, for instance, new fuels or new designs to reduce, of course, you know, the uh, CO2 emission. So even though the cruise is about 3%, you know, of the global fleet worldwide, they have been pioneer you know, in decarbonization. So it's a matter of fact. But I asked him, what about the concerns about LNG? Do you expect some kind of pullback from cruise and LNG, or do you think that there's, there remains, you know, it remains an opportunity in the, in the decarbonization pathway? I think if you look at the available fuels on the market today, LNG is the only one, you know, bringing some uh, CO2 emission reduction. And after a couple of years of experience, we can confirm that the first ships have saved about 25%, you know, of CO2 reduction. So that's definitely part of the transition. Uh, ultimately, will it be the solution? We don't know yet, because uh, you may have a strategy moving to bio-LNG, then e-LNG. In that case, you know, you solve the issue you were talking about. LNG is not the only alternative fuel on the table. In cargo shipping, methanol is growing as an alternative fuel. It's easier to handle, available at ports around the world, and it has a lower carbon footprint today, with potential for greener versions of the fuel to present a zero-carbon option. Because methanol is having as well some good advantages, uh, technically speaking, uh, as well in terms of scalability, so it could be one additional option amongst others. So what is important uh, for, for the shipping industry and as well for the class societies as we are, this is to be very open to any type of uh, options that we may have in the future. And that's important because we know that any company will have a different path, you know, uh, for different reasons. A big shipping company, we know, will have different resources, uh, different financial aids as well compared to small companies. So you, that means you will have different options, and it's important that we validate, you know, all these different options on the market for the future. At Sea Trade, I ran into William Burke. He's the chief maritime officer at Carnival, which has many LNG-fueled ships in its fleet and is building more. I asked him if LNG is on the menu for future orders. Jubilee's LNG, um, Sphere is LNG, or yep. Sun Princess, and we've got another one that will be LNG. I don't. We, we've sort of taking a look, taking a pause to try to figure out what we're going to do next. I think LNG is fine, it's transitional fuel as it is, but if you were to put, uh, if it were to be produced in a in a green way, then it's completely different. Then it's, then it can go on, you know, we can use it forever if it's synthetic or bio. Um, but I think we'll look closely at LNG in the future and methanol. And, what, and why methanol? 
I think methanol is, I mean, it's, it's almost the chemical equivalent of, of LNG, um, but it's, uh, I think it's probably a little, little easier to use because you don't need the cryogenic piece. Mm. I think that's the big difference, but I think the, the result is about the same. We'll be watching whether the cruise industry's future ships will be powered by methanol. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. After a week of working group meetings at the International Maritime Organization, the Green Seas newsletter looked ahead to the upcoming sessions in July that will be key to setting targets and policy measures for shipping's decarbonization. In a report, consultancy UMass broke the complex negotiations that remain into four key questions. How will greenhouse gas emissions be calculated? What's the pathway to a new reduction target? What policy options will push shipping along that path? And will the IMO strategy support a just and equitable transition? Get the next edition of the newsletter in your inbox by signing up at tinyurl.com slash greenseas. Tradewinds reporter Adam Corbett writes that the International Chamber of Shipping is disappointed by the lack of progress at last week's IMO working group meetings. And he wrote that China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, and Brazil continue to oppose targeting zero emissions by 2050. But the chamber said it's still confident a deal can be done in July. Read Adam's story at tradewindsnews.com. My colleague Paul Picci reports that the European Union has thrown down the gauntlet to the IMO by agreeing a pioneering green fuels law. The Fuel EU maritime legislation aims to chop fuels greenhouse gas intensity by 80% by 2050. Environmental groups said the measure is part of the most ambitious package of green shipping laws ever adopted. Music for this episode is by Coma Studio on Pixabay.